Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcasts. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. The following message is presented by our senior leader, John Poundstone. My prayer again this week. Heaven, invade. We seek your presence, God. We we come boldly. We come hungry. We come thirsty. You are all we seek. Your kingdom, your righteousness, your peace, your joy, and especially this morning, your Holy Spirit. Mold us, shape us, transform us. Oh, come now, come strong, and linger long. Amen. Last Sunday, we had a special time together. We This was kind of the highlight. We talked about Valentine's Day, which was just a couple of days ago, kicking off also the 40-day season of preparation for Resurrection Sunday. It's from last Wednesday till Good Friday, March 28th is 40 days. And so we talked about, and I'm, I'm just going to tell you straight up, you can call it a prophecy if you want, for those who will get in on it, for those who will chase it, for those who will surrender all to get it, to be part of it, Resurrection Sunday this year, 2024, will be among the most powerful and the biggest that we in history, beyond our generation. Now, does that, that doesn't always look like what you think it should or I think it should. It may, the clouds may not part, part, clouds of angels may not sing. There may be a complete turnover in our federal government, whatever. You know, God could move. He, if he wants to part the Red Sea again, he can do it. It's more likely the germination of seeds in people's hearts. It's more likely a low rumble. And the reason I'm saying that is I've been saying this for, I think, three or four years now. Generation Alpha, the kids, the first kids, the first members of Generation Alpha, and that's pretty much over there in that building right now, will turn will become adults in 2030. We need to prepare that generation because they are so gifted, so anointed, so powerful, so full of God that it's almost, you almost got to rebuke them. It's just, it's just incredible and awesome. So if we don't, to the extent that we do engage with what we're talking about, generations beyond us, we'll see an entirely different existence. That's why I'm so wound up about getting ready for Easter this year. It's even, there's an even bigger number though. Tim, would you put that next slide up? We like to make up words around here. Debbie made one up this morning. I I make one up often. For the kingdom of God is within you, many translations say. A better translation, although that's good, for the kingdom of God is in your midst. The kingdom of God is among you. When I take my little chunk of the kingdom and I connect it, reconciled to Jesus with another person who is connected to Jesus, reconciled, then somehow or another, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the manifest ruling presence of Jesus, the Christ, breaks out, and that is the kingdom. It's in your midst. And so the resurrection of Christ midst, March 31st, 2024. Resurrection Sunday, 
Easter. Between this day and that day, there are 42 days. That's a very significant number in the Bible. Three and a half years. 42 days. That's seven sixes, and that's six sevens. For those of you who follow numbers in the Bible, not numerology, but God loves numbers, and he does amazing things. And seven is the number of completion, and six is the number of man. And oh my gosh, the way you can put this together, the way the Holy Spirit does it is incredible. So that's what we're up to. We've been talking about spiritual disciplines, and the reason I I, I have is because this connecting with the vine is so important this year. And I call the spiritual disciplines pathways to presence. Earlier this morning in our initial gathering, Tim talked about um, we don't do anything transactionally. We don't We don't do for God in order to get from God. We don't go hard after his gifts. Instead, we go hard after the giver of the gifts, right? So just like our friend Bill recently just said, it's all about connecting. It's all with the vine. It's all about presence. The fruit then occurs, absent our striving. One more time, I will say, without God, we can't. Without us, he won't. God is proactively moving to get his church back, resurrecting the church's actual identity, authority, and the privilege of the church's roles and responsibilities. Hey, though he loves his fans as much as he ever did, he's hard after he's sharpened his focus to find followers. And that's what we're trying to help him create together. If you hear the sound of something falling to the floor, I just cut out about seven minutes of the message. This is why you're hearing the word abide so much. He gave it to us late last fall, and now if you look around on social media or churchianity circles, you'll see it popping up all over the place. Why? Because it is fundamental and powerful for accomplishing the ends and the means God desires. Jesus taught mainly through parable, through metaphor, and through demonstration, and by example. Jesus modeled everything he told us to do, including today's message. So let's dive into abide. Here's the main way Jesus taught abide. He said, branch. Not become a branch, not be like a branch, not, he said, branch. It's a bur- it's a verb, isn't it? Then branch two, branch to others, to all, to the world, destroy enemy works, seek and save what has been lost, save, heal, set free, disciple, equip, empower, serve. But he taught one can only branch outwardly to the extent he or she branches inwardly. He went beyond saying be a branch, become a branch. He actually said branch. Yes, it's a verb. So I've asked three volunteers to come forward to help me do a demonstration. Would you three come and join me on the platform, please? That's true. I was, I fallen asked. Okay. This little one is for Alice, and the black one is for Dwayne. Bring it out the other way. And that one's for Kylie. Okay. All you have to do right now is Stand there and look gorgeous like you are. No, as you are. I I mean as you are. So what I'm going to ask you to do is 
First, just hold the tube outwardly and put and attach it to your heart area. See that? Yeah, I'm not having any videos. So the tube represents us, you and me. And the and our body represents the vine. You got it? And that this is the manifest ruling presence of Jesus the Christ, the vine. Now, what do branches do and what do branches don't do? We talked about this last week. Branches what? Connect, grow, feed, feed, support, and support critters and things and nests and leaves and all kinds of things, right? Do branches go bear fruit? Bill did it better than I could, so I'm I'm going to stop there. Francis Chan has a great video out there about this, by the way. So the tube represents us. Now, let's do this. As the whole vine, which is Christ's body, the church, does it make sense that the tubes can grow? The longer they connect and the better they connect, does it make sense that the tubes can grow larger? So the reason I asked a woman to take the little tube is because, you see, she's a woman. And women just either don't know they can't do it or they just ignore the fact and do it anyway, right? Mom, worker, professional, keeper of the home. Exactly. Shuttle driver, taxi driver, bus driver, assistant coach or coach. On and on and on and on and on. While pregnant and with a toddler or three. Does it make sense that the woman needs a bigger branch to do all of this? Of course it does. And yes, the man who has a lot and carries a lot. But you see, he can get more of the vine, you know, a little easier perhaps. But you see, then, with simple childlike faith, like what's over there in the other building, somebody with a heart this big, look at what you can get. Look at what she can get. And she can turn and, wow, that's all it takes is somebody that keeps it as simple as it is. This is not complicated. Connect. Stay connected. Branch inward, branch to the vine so that you can branch outward. Now watch this. Watch this. The body of Christ, when it works together as God intended, Dwayne, would you come over here and just put your branch on top of Kylie's? He could branch off that, couldn't he? Because she has a more direct path to the vine. So if somebody's farther along in their walk, and I have several in my life, I connect to the vine myself, and I connect to their vine too, because I'm not dumb anymore. And what about what about the woman, the adult woman? Could she, or our spouse, could she come connect to that who is connected to this because she she's with him every single? That's kind of the job of a husband as head to be well connected. And to water well, it says in the Bible, with the living water in Ephesians chapter 5, his wife. never says be her supervisor, her boss, her manager. It says be her head. 
This looks like headship to me. Vine, branch, branch. And marriage is the first institution God created, which is a picture of his church. And there you have it, mic drop. Good demonstration. Can I tell you one more thing about branches? Doesn't doesn't the Bible say in one in many in several places? Yes, the answer is. Will God share his glory? Will he put it inside of us? That's in the vine. That's in the juice that's in the vine. The living water, the rushing wind, the air of God, the Holy Spirit of God. And the second that we get sarcastic, the second that we get critical, the second that we get demeaning, the second that we say things, do things that put other people down, guess what? It extinguishes the glory inside of them. And do you think God likes that? So do we run around in denial and just give everybody a trophy? For participation? Do we run around and ignore stuff that people are doing that's unhealthy or is destructive or is hurtful? No, of course not. At the same time, we ask the Holy Spirit to help us do it in such a way that ensures that we don't snuff out the glory that's inside them, because it's attached to the vine, and it comes from the vine, which is attached to the Father, the vine dresser. The vine dresser will do all the pruning, pruning and shaping, cutting off and burning that needs done. Not my job. I have a vine dresser who does that beautifully. That preach, won't it? Oh, let's fan the glory in one another. Can I show you this in Scripture? Everything we just talked about? Oh, good. Human words have not yet been invented that adequately describe How profound is the synergy and the harmony across the scriptures of God? Holy Spirit, I ask you to give everyone within the sound of my voice a special grace from this day forward to taste and see and hear and touch and smell scripture in new and deeper ways. Oh, I am a scripture fanatic. I am so lovingly and and health, healthily addicted to Scripture. For me, it's often something like a supernatural, full-sense movie, an immersion experience that can span time or even is eternal beyond time. I, I literally can see people and places. Maybe it's my imagination. Maybe it's a little help from the Holy Spirit. But Scripture's like movies and videos. I'd like to play such a movie now. Let's start here. A thousand years before Jesus. King David. And he was having himself a good day in his heart because he wrote Psalm 16. And he said, Because I set you, Yahweh, always close to me, my confidence will never be weakened, for I experience what? Say it aloud. Your wraparound presence every moment. Look deeply into the Hebrew. It could also be said that this says, I have determined in my heart to be identical with the mind and heart of God, and I will not let my resolve be weakened. That sounds like pretty attached to a vine to me. But there wasn't even a Holy Spirit available at the time. He still got it. And then three verses later, he says, Because of you, Yahweh, I know the path of life, as I taste the fullness of joy in your presence. At your right side, I experience divine pleasures forevermore. Now, where, where, where does he taste the fullness of joy? 
in his presence at his right side. 1,000 years before Christ, he said this, Today, where are the believers and followers seated? In heavenly places, and Jesus is at the right hand of God. We're sitting next to Jesus in heavenly places in the book of Ephesians, right? So if he's, if I'm at Jesus' side, and he's at God's, the Father's right side, what side of Jesus am I on? The right side. I don't know if you find that as profound as I do, but all right, let's fast forward a thousand years or so. Jesus is born. Next slide. And he, from age zero to approximately 30-ish, lives a perfect and sinless life and then spends about three and a half years in public ministry. And then it's Passion Week, and then it's Thursday night. The night before, he is to be crucified. John chapter 12, uh, doesn't matter. I don't have time. John chapter 13, they're at the Last Supper in the upper room. They're still there in John chapter 14, and they're still there in John chapter 15. Now, how many of you know what an Oreo is? An Oreo cookie. There's a piece of kind of, what do you call this brown, brown thing? Cookie. Okay, there's a piece of cookie on both sides, and in between is the ooey gooey, nummy, lick it off goodness. So if you start reading in John chapter, and you read through John chapter 16, verse 16, he talks about the Holy Spirit. He introduces the idea and the notion and the truth that the Holy Spirit is coming, another just like him, that will guide us into all truth, and so much more. And right in the middle of that, John 16, he's talking about cookie. John 14, he's talking about cookie, but it's all about the Holy Spirit, but in the middle of that, that is John 15, and that's when he says all the stuff about abide. Make sense? Fit together a little better? He's within hours, maybe even minutes, of being betrayed in the garden. Last and final words to his 12. That's 33 years. Fast forward now. He'd been crucified, died, buried, and on the third day, he rose again, walked among us for 40 days, live and in person. Hundreds, if not thousands of people saw him post-resurrection. It says so right in the Bible. And now it's 54 days later. He's told the disciples to go to an upper room in Jerusalem and hang out, do nothing for, ten, for until the Holy Spirit comes, right? Well, there's 120 or so, and it's all kinds of people. It's not just Christians, because there aren't any yet. It's, it's, it's not just the Jews. There's men, there's women, people of all ages, there's people of all nationalities and ethnicities, and the Holy Spirit comes in a big way. We call it Pentecost, right? Sound of a violent, many Bibles say, mighty rushing wind. It's really a huge and violent sound. Blows through the room. Now, in the days of Moses and the Israelites, wasn't there a pillar of fire by, by uh, day? By night, I mean. Yeah, the cloud, the, cloud of, the cloud by day. I believe, my own theology, is that the pillar of fire was the Holy Spirit leading and guiding. Follow me. Follow this. Make sense? Here's the key. At Pentecost, a pillar came into the room and then split and forked 
over every single person and into them. That is the first time in history that the Holy Spirit came in to everyone. It came on before. Peter, who finally gets his ducks in a row, because he was a chocolate mess, says, this is the famous Peter sermon, or 3,000 come. He says, 1,000 plus years and 54 days after, resurre- after ascension. This is the very thing David prophesied about. And then he goes on talking, about, he quotes some stuff from the Bible. Guess what he quotes? Two slides ago, Psalm 16, 8 through 11. And he says, can't you see it? God has resurrected Jesus, and we all have seen him. And then, then God exalted Jesus to his, God's, right hand upon the throne of the highest honor. And the Father gave him the authority to send the promised Holy Spirit, which is being poured out upon us today. That, this is what you're seeing and hearing. And in the Aramaic language, which is a cousin to Hebrew, it's the language that Jesus spoke natively. You could, it's, you can, it is translated the Holy Spirit was splashed out as a gift. Splashed out. Splashed out. Like the bully in the swimming pool. Like the big rock or the cannonball or the can opener. Anybody in this room ever been a victim of a can opener? Or anybody in this room ever done one? Yeah, me too. Picture that. God. That's kind of like a big old sloppy wet kiss. Like John McMark, John Mark McMillan said. So now our movie advances 2,024 years to right now in this very room, right to where you are sitting, wherever it may be, when you hear this message live or recorded. And now we engage in table time. I'm hoping that in some fashion, large or small, a Pentecost experience kind of happens at the table. I'm not talking wild and crazy, though I welcome it if it happens. Instead, what I'm hoping will happen is that today, today, deep in your spirit, way beyond your knowledge in your head, you got a taste, a desire, an urge, a yearning for deeper, better connection to become a branch for the first time, or to become a fatter branch from this moment forward. So at your table, I'm asking you to do two, three things. First, share. What's the main thing that interferes with my being a connected branch? Is it busyness? Is it anguish? Is it hurt? Is it unhealed grief? Is it, is it just, I can't believe that I'm, that he really wants that for me? Is it In other words, just share among your table mates what's the main thing that interferes with you being a connected branch. Then, hey, everybody in this room has experienced presence at some point. Maybe nature, maybe a socialist occasion, maybe a worship setting, maybe it was watching little kids play, maybe it was whatever. But everybody, God wires everybody to have a top one or two or five ways, pathways 
to presence. In other words, what are your number one go-tos for methods and habits, and etc., to connect deeply with the Spirit of God? Why do I want you to share it? So that you can speak it prophetically and so that somebody else might get inspiration from it. And then here's the challenge question. What is the one thing I could do this week that would make the most positive difference in connecting with God better? One thing I could do this week that would help me be a branch so that I can branch. And then, most important part of all, an atmosphere, a prophetic atmosphere where we speak that into existence. Because everything in the kingdom is spoken first. So we pray over, bless, encourage, comfort, or declare that thing over one another. Are the directions clear? Any questions? Okay, feel free to merge tables. We have a good 20 minutes, a little longer if we need it. Ready? Go. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcasts. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m. held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.